0: Uh, We're going to dive into it. 1 Corinthians is where we're going to be. If you don't know where 1 Corinthians is, that's okay. Just open up the cover of your Bible and just there's like a table of contents there and it's going to be right there. And uh, if it helps you, uh, uh, my 1 Corinthians is on page uh, 1347. I don't know that that's going to help, but and uh, if you didn't bring your Bible, that's totally okay as well, because we're going to have the scriptures on the screen. Uh, we're starting a series today on First Corinthians, and I'll tell you why. Because this church, uh, the the Church of Corinth, uh, is just so like us—not celebration, but like our culture—and especially Houston. Uh, you see this church and, and I want to read it right uh, they were uh, the main current of trade between Asia and Western Europe passed through the harbors of Corinth and so it was um, much like Houston um, it's kind of a melting pot we got just uh, I recently read uh, actually I heard it on a report that the University of Houston is the most culturally diverse university in In the country, isn't that amazing? I mean, that's something to really be proud of. I mean, that's awesome. Um, And so, this was uh, a kind of a type and shadow of the world we live in today. The only, the the biggest difference, I should say, between their church and our church, Celebration Church, is they had like a slew of problems. They were arguing and fighting and arguing and fighting, and I have not, I mean this sincerely, as a senior pastor, I haven't heard one person complain about anything at celebration, and I don't even, I can't even remember the last complaint I've heard. And this year, we've changed a lot of things, and not one person, or uh, well, maybe a couple, um, but... <laughs> complain and I just want to say I know there are some changes that some of you like and there's some changes some of you don't like uh, but at the end of the day they're all aesthetics and the only thing that's really important is Jesus Christ and we're worshiping Jesus Christ and uh, and that's why I love this church so much and uh, I was telling my aunt she's thinking about moving down here uh, and so if there's any single men in the room If, if you don't have a job, she's not available. <laughs> um, but I was telling my aunt, you got to move down here. There's some of the friendliest people I've ever met in my life are here. But this church had an abundance of problems. They could, does anyone have somebody in their family? Now, if you're sitting next to them, don't raise your hand. <laughs> does anyone here have somebody in their family that can argue with the wall? Come on. All right, don't point, I'm seeing people point. Yeah, they can argue at the wall well everybody in this church they argued about everything here let me read a few things that they they argued about um, they argued about Christian standards and holy living well what should be a standard what shouldn't be a standard they argued and by the way as we go through this book and we're going through chapter one today next week will be chapter two next week will be chapter three and so on we're going to be talking about all these things they argued about what a Christian marriage should look like they argued about freedoms they argued about what worship should look like. Some people were like, that's weird. Some people were like, that's cool. They argued about spiritual gifts. Some people were like, you're crazy. And other people were like, no, this is normal. And just a bunch of arguing. And so uh, the subtitle for today is called Divisions because the prefix of vision is die. And die, anytime you see the letters D-I before any word, it means two Um, And so if there's division, division in your house, that means one of you want one thing and the other one wants another thing. There's two visions. So anytime there's division in a church, division in a home, division at an office, that means there's two visions going on. And so the guy who started this church was a guy by the name of Paul. Paul was no longer with him. He was starting another church in another city. So he wrote them a letter and said, look, we're going to cover a few things and, um, and, and just begin to apply them to your life. Now, some of you in this church right now are like, okay, why are we talking about this topic? I want to equip you um, for when somebody says something to you, you're able to say something back. Does that make sense? Has somebody ever said, well, how do you know Jesus is the son of God? And you're like... Because <laughs> it's just what I believe. Um, I want to equip you uh, with with things to say, and so this is what we're going to do. If you're taking notes, write down these these words. Do you have a biblical worldview or a personal worldview? Because any time somebody says something to you like "I don't believe in God" or "I just believe," I do believe, but I just believe that da da da. The first thing we got to establish right away how do you view the world? Do you have a biblical worldview? Do you have a personal ro- worldview? A personal worldview usually starts off like this Well, I just believe. Has somebody ever said that? Well, I just believe. You know, I I just believe that if you're nice and you're kind, you're going to go to heaven. I just just believe that. You see, um, that is a personal worldview. A biblical worldview says you don't have to be perfect, but you do have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in order to go to heaven. That's a biblical worldview. So anytime you're in the middle of a discussion, the first thing is, do you have a personal worldview or do you have a biblical worldview? So we're going to take a test this morning. Some of us haven't taken a test in years, but we're going to take a test. You guys ready to take a test? It's an eight-question test, and you got a 50-50 shot at being right at each answer because the answer is either yes or You guys are on fire already. (laughs) All right, so here we go. Question number one, and and this is going to determine whether you have a personal worldview or a biblical worldview. So here we go. You Don't answer out loud because you may have a different answer than the person next to you. Okay, number one, is there an absolute right and wrong? Yes or no? All right, let me try that again. Is there hi Deborah, it's so good to see you. Is there an absolute right or wrong? Yes or no? And what do I mean by that? Some people say, hey, what's right for you is right, what's right for me is right. Okay, so if you believe that, your answer would be no. There is not an absolute right or wrong. Question number two. There's eight questions. Question number two. Is absolute truth defined by the Bible? So the law, the U.S. law, is defined by the Constitution of the United States. And everybody in this room knows the Second Amendment. (laughs) All right. Now, (laughs) if you don't just hang out in Texas a little while longer (laughs) all right so here we go so what we're saying we're not talking about the laws of America we're talking about right and wrong does the Bible determine what is truth yes or no question number three did Jesus Christ live a sinless life Some people believe that he was hanging on the cross and he said, enough is enough, and got off and had a relationship with a woman. Some people believe that. Um, The question to you is, do you believe that he lived 33 years without committing one sin? Here's the next one. Number five. Is salvation a gift from God that cannot be earned? In other words, you, it, you say, Jesus, I love you, I make you my Lord and Savior, and then it's a free gift, or do you believe that you have to do certain things, be perfect here, be perfect there, be perfect here, not so much here, but you got to be perfect there, and then you get to go. Okay? Yes or no? Here we go. We're almost done. Is Satan real? Yes or No. Now there's a lot of people that believe, yes, he is. There's some people believe that everybody goes to heaven. Even dogs go to heaven. Michael Vick is hoping they don't. <laughs> Why did I go there? Everything was going so good. And then all of a sudden Here we go. Number seven. Does, (laughs) I'm gonna call my dad and go, you're not gonna believe what I said. (laughs) You know what he's gonna say is, you know there's people that aren't gonna come back over that, right? (laughs) And I'm gonna say, no, I don't believe that. So here we go, number seven. Does a Christian have a responsibility to share his or her faith in Christ with other people? Is it your responsibility? Yes. Or is it optional? Your answer would be no. And very last one. Is the Bible accurate? It's 100% right. It is 100% right. I'll give you an example. Rudy Giuliani was running for president probably about 12 years ago, my gosh, but it was about 12 years ago, and they asked him, do you believe in the Bible? I'll never forget his answer. He said, yes, but. But changes everything. You ever notice that? He goes, yes, I do believe in Jesus Christ, and yes, I am a Christian. Do I believe everything in the Bible? Do I really think that Jonah was swallowed by a whale? No, that was figurative. So the answer, in his case, would be no. Now here's the, where did I get these questions? Did I just make them up? No. Barna Research asked these questions to Christians, Christians only. People that claim to be Christians. And now if you have a biblical worldview, you answered yes to all those questions. If you have a personal worldview, in other words, I, don't believe, I just believe, if your sentences start off like that, I just believe, then you have a personal worldview. Barna Research asked Christians these questions and 9% proved to have a biblical worldview. That means 91%. Make their decisions based on what they believe, not what the Bible says. It's what they believe. So Paul comes back and he says, okay, look you guys are wrestling. You're going back and forth because the Old Testament existed back then. They're arguing. Yuck, 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 yak. He says, all right, all right, all right. Look, look, look. Here's the deal. And I want to say it this way. Um, This is kind of a paraphrase of a few verses here. There's a new culture of Christians that claim that you can pursue the kingdom of God without forsaking the world. In other words... There are Christians, in 2015 as well, that genuinely believe that you can pursue God, but not change anything about your personal life. You can live any way you want to, if it feels good, do it. Whether it's right or wrong, sin or not, either way we're going to heaven. That's a new thought process that started infiltrating this church, and it still exists today. But here's the deal. How many of you have ever been to the circus? Raise your hand. Come on, circus, 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 you know. All right. Have you ever seen somebody standing on two horses, one foot here on one horse, another foot here, and they're riding two at the same time? Have you ever seen that? See, some people think that they can ride both at the same time. They can be a Christian and love Jesus and pursue God and do whatever they want, live however they want at the same time. The problem is, is that they don't both run together. One horse is going that way and the other one is going that way. You're either one or the other. There are no Fifty Shades It's either black or it's white. Now, some people look at Christianity like a horrible diet. Have you ever been like on an all-vegetable diet or something like that? I have. (laughs) I look at my kids' food like a caged lion. (laughs) No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not going to complain. I'm good. I'm good. Don't you hate it? See, some of, some of y'all might be on a diet right now, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're at a diet, you're at work, you brought your own lunch, and you're looking at somebody's, you know, DiGiorno pizza, and you're just like, oh, dear Jesus. Just one bite. I just want one bite. I just, but no, I'm going to be good, I'm going to eat my little cucumbers. But, and, and that's how a lot of times people think, if you, if you have a biblical worldview. I'm just going to have my little cucumbers. I'm saving up jewels in heaven. (laughs) Saving up jewels in heaven. I'm going to have my little cucumbers. You get to have all the fun. You get to have all the fun. And I'm just going to... It's not like that at all. In fact, if your phone is ringing, ask them why they're not in church. Just (laughs) just pick it up, say hello, and go, why aren't you here? Um, But in fact... If you go all in with a biblical worldview, your life ends up being more fulfilled than what you ever dreamed. Let me illustrate it this way. Have you ever seen a mother with their very first baby, their very first infant, and they hold it like this? Now, you say, why are you emphasizing very first? Because by number four, you kind of like hold it like this. But but the first one is is, (laughs) the first one, when they're crying in the crib at two o'clock in the morning, you're like, here I come. The next one is like crying ain't gonna kill anybody. But you but you look at the mother, right? You look at the mother and they're just like staring at this baby and they're nurturing this baby and they're giving to this baby. They're pouring out even nurturing, nutrients from their own body. Everything's going into this baby. Their sleep, their love. And you think to yourself, man, that woman's going to empty herself out. It, she's going to take all of her love and give it all away. She's not going to have anything in her anymore. That sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Because the more you give, the more you get back. Can I just tell you that that principle continues forever, and ever, and ever, and ever, and ever? And the people that are most fulfilled live their life this way. It's just not with babies anymore. It's everyone. And the more you give, the more you get back. I know it doesn't make sense because it's beyond our five senses. It's unbelievable. Let me see if I can unpack this a little bit. Let's talk about their divisions real fast. Division number one, they started arguing about who was more spiritual. Have you ever felt like, I think this person over here thinks like they are Peter or Paul and the rest of us are scumbags? That's what they were arguing about. Watch this. I appeal to you, this is Paul speaking, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Stop arguing, you crazy people. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. For some members of Chloe's household, you know what that means? They had life groups. So, the life groups in celebration, we actually stole the idea from the Bible. Okay, so those of you in Chloe's life group have told me about your quarrels. You're fighting, you're arguing. My dear brothers and sisters, some of you are saying, I'm a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I follow Apollos. Others are saying, I follow Peter. Other people are saying, "I follow only Christ," and so what are they doing here? What is the undercurrent? The undercurrent is, "I'm a little bit more holy than you." That's the attitude. I'm a little bit. Uh, well, I'm with you know, Apollos. He could pre. He could speak when he spoke. People were like. When Paul spoke, people were like the Bible says so. <laughs> A guy actually fell out of the window and died while he was sleeping. That makes me feel so much better. Apollos. So some of these people were like, Apollos, he's the real deal. He's T.D. Jakes, man. We follow Apollos. And other people are like, yeah, well, we follow Paul. And other people are like, well, we follow Peter. And Peter, man, he's a bad boy. We follow Peter. And Paul comes along and goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop competing about who's more mature and who's more dialed in. Stop competing. You know, when I was growing up, um, there, there's, uh, you, you put the name, your belief or your denomination on the church. Assemblies of God, Baptist, Pentecostal, um, Catholic. Now, it's very rare to see. You know, everyone is kind of like we are. Celebration Church, Bridgeland Church, Joyful Church, Crossing Church, Crossroads Church, Lakewood Church. You ever hear of Lakewood Church? But Lakewood Church... <laughs> You know, it's just, it's just the name because the church has evolved and it's evolved in a positive way. But when I was growing up, you kind of look at another sign, another denomination and secretly, secretly, you don't say this out loud, but secretly, you're just a little bit more right. (laughs) Are you with me? The Baptists would be looking at the Pentecostals and go, whoo. <laughs> and the Pentecostals will be looking at the Baptists and like, are all did, you just read only? Is that all you do? Just, just Sunday school, Sunday school, Sunday school, Sunday school and read? Is that all you do? And so back and forth. And so the Pentecostals will say, yeah, you guys are going to heaven, but we're just a little bit. We're dialed in. And back and forth, and back and forth. And Paul says, enough is enough. Stop trying to compare who's more holy, who's more dialed in. The bottom line is everything is about Jesus. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. Here's the second division they had. is They decided they were going to argue about how church should be done. Should you have a B3 organ? dun, 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 dun. Did anyone grow up in a church like that? I did, and don't knock it either. (laughs) If we could get a B3 up here, we would. (laughs) Okay. This is what happens. Watch this. this It's very serious. Verse 22 reads like this. It is foolish to the Jews, the Jews in the church. They ask for signs from heaven. And it is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. See, the Jews... They wanted prophecy and miracles. They wanted healing. They wanted gifts of the Spirit. That's what the Jews wanted. With the Gentiles, they were like, you guys are so emotional, man. We want to study the Scriptures and get wisdom. You guys are emotional. You guys need to get emotional. You guys are... You just need to study the Bible. You need the gifts of the Spirit. Arguing, going on in the same church. So what's Paul do? Brilliant. goes like this. Verse 23. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, when we just preach about Jesus, the Jews are offended And the Gentiles say, it's all nonsense. So when I get up here and talk about Jesus, the people that just want to study the Bible are, man, come on, man, open, give me some meat. When I get up here and just talk about Jesus, I got people over here going, what about the gifts of the Spirit? I want to run around the church. Come on, I want you to prophesy. Are either one of them wrong? No. But Paul is saying, don't get caught up in this and don't get caught up in that. Stay laser focused on Jesus Christ. Now watch this. How many of you have ever been driving down the road and all of a sudden some moron is texting and comes into your lane, hypothetically, and all of a sudden you swerve and then what do you yell real loud? (laughs) Thank you, Sly. Jesus! Right? Because your spirit knows if you have Jesus, you don't need anything else. There's a guy named John Bavier. Some of you, raise your hand if you're familiar with him. Um, awesome preacher. The guy can, he's got the gifts of the spirit like nobody i ever seen. He's like, hey, um, Frankie, stand up. How'd you know my name? And I mean, he's just got gifts, man, just gifts. And he said one time, he goes, you know, these gifts that God has given me, I never, ever pursued them. I desired them, but I never pursued them. I pursued Jesus, and I longed to help people get to heaven. And in the process, God gave me the gifts to be able to help people better. Isn't that amazing? But they were arguing. So much arguing. He backs up and he says this um, uh, in verse 31. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. Here's the, the takeaway for today. Very simple. Focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Much, uh, if you're going to write down one more thing, write down this. Much of what we need in life will be brought to us, but much of what we hunger for, we have to pursue. Let me talk about pursuing Jesus real quick, and Isaiah, you can come up here. Here's what I've noticed with a lot of people Is they want a great relationship with Jesus Christ they want it really really bad but nothing ever happens maybe I'm talking with you today you want it you love them but you stay in a state of want and you never feel your relationship get any better or any closer but it's not because you don't want it because you do but it never happens and you stay in a state of want when Paul Told everybody, stop getting distracted by unnecessary arguments. Stay focused on Jesus. The message that he was preaching is that you have got to actively pursue him. I'm going to give you two scriptures. Both of them are my favorite in the Bible. James chapter 5, verse 16. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, a th- much. What does effectual mean? It means sincere and intense. Fervent means passionate intensity. Whenever you're talking with somebody, and all of a sudden they look at you and they go, do you understand what I'm saying? And they raise their voice. All of a sudden, it's like, what you just said, you have my attention. It's weighing. Why? Because they just got intense. And the Bible says this, when you pray, when you pray, come before Him and be passionately intense. For those of you that are just constantly in that state of wanting, I, I want to be closer to you. I want you to be involved in my life. Passionately, passionately pray. You say, I don't know what to pray about. Whatever comes to your mind, even if you have to say the same thing over and over again. And when you pray this way, Length does not matter as much as intensity. I'll give you an example. This morning I was in my office before the first service and I was just getting ready to pray and somebody, they come into my office. Well, I don't want to pray in front of them because I'm about to pray intense. So I go in the bathroom that's in my office. I shut the door and I prayed Intently, I said, Jesus, there's families coming. And this was my exact prayer. I don't want them to go through what they're going through, not one more day. Not one more day. Let this be the day where you and them begin to walk with each other, and everything begins to change. Not one more day. I was praying this for you. And I wanted to keep on praying. But the guy in my office would end up getting concerned about me. (laughs) Frankie, are you okay? You okay in there? So I came out. But I knew Me and God just connected. I was only in there for 60 seconds, but we connected. And I just want to tell you, when I have the house alone or I have the bedroom alone and I can go a little bit longer, it's just intensity. Worship. Why, why, why? Write this down. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Rewarder. He rewards you. It's just this passionate passionate prayer that rewards you because I don't want us anymore to be constantly in a state of wanting. I don't know about you. I want prayers to be answered. I'm not interested in playing patty cake with my emotions and constantly be in a state of, I want you to help me. I wanna get all of the the distractions, the divisions, the arguments. My aunt and I were talking about some people in Miami. They like to argue about religion, and I told her, I was like, I don't ever get in those arguments. It's all a distraction. It's a bunch of baloney, all of it. It's all distracting me from Jesus. I got to tell you, I never get into arguments about religion because I don't get involved. At the end of the day, I always say the same thing. Well, do you have a biblical worldview or a a, a personal worldview? Because if you have a biblical worldview, everything you're saying is... I'll close with this last thought. Um, The house that we're living in, we've been living in for four years. When we moved in there was a rock right in front of the front door. It's still there because I can't pick the thing up. I actually like the rock. I wish it was about four feet that way, but it's just gonna stay right there because I can't lift that thing up. It's huge. It's like this big, made out of rock. (laughs) Okay, it's heavy. I'm just gonna leave it there. Now, for whatever reason, I don't know. When they built the house, they got gutters going all the way around the house, except for right in front of the front door. Bam, 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 every time it rains, right, bam, bam. And so it comes off this point in the roof and it comes down and it hits this rock. Bing, 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 bing. Over the last four years, the water drops used to just hit and just like roll off the rock. Now, there's like a little cup in the rock that over the years, these drops, these, I mean, how many pounds of pressure is a drop of water? It doesn't matter because it kept on doing it over and over and over and over and over again. Now, when the rain comes down, it's like in this little cup in the, it's like this little tiny lake. I don't know how to... It made a crevice in the rock. I just want to say, I don't know what your rock is, and I don't know what in your life. Most of us, if this one thing were different, our life would rock. We don't need our whole life to be different. We just need that to be different. Anybody? Am I talking to anybody here? Am I talking to anyone here? Here's the thing. When we pray passionately, we just ding, 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 ding you wake up the next morning and it hasn't changed ding 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 ding, ding. wake up the next morning it hasn't changed ding 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 and the wave that you're riding today you caused yesterday the wave that you're gonna ride tomorrow you're causing today